This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you all to the Warning Program, wherever you're watching or listening Welcome. I have with me today apostolic leader, Dr. John Polis. And uh, John and I both serve on the board of International Coalition of Apostolic Leaders. And uh, I'll tell you what, he's a great kingdom man, servant of God. And um, John, why don't you tell us the church you pastor and where it's located? Okay, I am pastoring the Faith Church International in Fairmont, West Virginia. We're a multi-site ministry here in West Virginia and in North Carolina. Okay, very good. Mm-hmm. Now, the topic that we're going to talk about today, you know, Jesus said, Will I find faith when I return? I am personally greatly troubled. I travel the nations in, in America, and um, I'm so troubled with uh, the gospel no longer being preached or taught, generally speaking, in the United States or even nations, as our you know American television, including Christian television, goes through the world, and and so much is is convoluted and a twisting of the word of God, twisting of grace, twisting of prosperity, and it's negatively affecting the church. You know, the, the Apostle Paul, his great concern was for the sheep. He was worried that wolves would sneak into the church and eat the sheep, pollute the sheep, shear the sheep. He was greatly concerned with this. Uh, you know, you get into his message in Acts 20, 25 through 31 even. You know, I've been with you before and you know what I stand for. I have served you with humility and tears. I preached in your church and from house to house. I've done it all under tribulations and trials and persecution. I have kept nothing back from you. Then with tears, he gave them this sober warning. For three years now, I have warned you night and day with tears about what I see coming to the church after I'm gone. Now I want you to hear this warning one more time. And he goes on and on concerned over again, people bringing a twisted gospel into the church. Uh, John? Yes. And and in that passage, Dr. Hanson, he gives the solution 
I think it's Acts 20, 32, where he says, Now, brethren, I commend you to God and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance amongst them which are sanctified. So his answer to the deception and the woes entering into the church was the word of God. And this is what we're lacking in the church today, for sure. I have uh, recently been preaching a message on an optimistic view of the end time, because if you look at the world situation, the current situations in the world, as a Christian, you can be very pessimistic and fearful and hoping for an, an escape at any time. But I believe there's a great harvest coming yet, and that therefore we should have a positive view of the end time in relation to what you're topic is today, will the Son of Man find faith on the earth when he comes? I believe that he will. But at the same time, First uh, Chronicles 12.32, the children of Issachar, the Bible said, had to have understanding of their times so that they knew what to do. And we have, we have the same challenge for the New Testament church in Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, where Paul said, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And so the church has an assignment to be addressing these deceptions. First uh, Timothy 4, 1 says, uh, Men will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. And that's for sure happening in the church today. But... Peter said in 1 Peter 3.15 that we should sanctify the Lord God in our hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone and ask the reason for the hope that is in us with meekness and fear. In other words, we shouldn't be arrogant and, and combative, but we're sharing our faith with meekness and fear. And as we do, we know in terms of dealing with these strange ideologies, the new neo-Marxism and communism, as you stated, and false doctrine and everything else, we have the power in the Word of God to just demolish strongholds, the Bible says, to cast down the imaginations and bring every thought into the obedience of Christ. This is the assignment that the church has, but unfortunately, it appears that the church is more like the frog in the kettle illustration, which I'm sure everybody knows well, that uh, the environment could be changing around us slowly, uh, like a frog that's put in a kettle of cold water and doesn't realize that the heat's been turned on and the temperature's changing slowly and he ends up boiling in the pot when he could have escaped it. But if you throw the frog into a pan of boiling water, immediately jump out. Well, here we are in the church. Everything has changed so much around the church, slow but sure, until we're at that boiling point and people don't know what to do. But our assignment is to deal with the strongholds of thought that are captivating and have a stronghold on the minds of people that have been laced into their thinking through the false narratives in the news, through academia, and through social media in every way. And people are being captivated by all of this false teaching. And, and the only solution is what Paul said, the word of his grace. So I've been preaching this message, Dr. Hansen, about the positive view of the end time. And, and I've tried to help people understand, if I can briefly share, the, how we got to where we are in uh, the erosion of our faith in this present hour. And it begins with the reality of our history in the church from the beginning of the church up to about 1500, the world or Western society 
It was based upon Judeo-Christian faith and beliefs. We had a God-centered worldview until modernism took over in about 1500 with the rejection of, of supernatural origins and the belief that man can only discover truth through natural means. And so science became God. Someone said that the source of your truth is your God. And that's a powerful statement. The source of your truth is your God. And so today, people's God is, is science or their own human reason. Finally, modernism failed because it couldn't answer the questions that can only be answered by revelation. How did we get here? What is our purpose? What happens after death? The basic questions that, that still remain unanswered through science. So modernism failed. We went to postmodernism. Postmodernism says no one can know the truth. So every man has to decide his own truth. And so from 1960 to the present time, feelings are the foundation for understanding. And, and that's, that's how we got to where we are. That's how we got the, this whole transgender movement and the gender dysphoria and, and all the, the identity crisis that we have is uh, because people are establishing their own truth and who can challenge it. So we're, we're fast devolving, I say. You know, the socialists say we're evolving <laughs> but and we're going to get better. But the reality is we're devolving because man is born with a sin nature. And, and if that sin nature remains unchecked and there's not law in order to restrain that evil nature, then the man of sin in every person is revealed and unleashed. And that's what we see happening in our culture. So I've got some graphs that I've been using in this message, some information that I got from from credible Christian sources. And Dr. Hansen, this is baffling. When you said we need an awakening and will there be faith on the earth when Jesus comes? We have to look at the condition of the church because the church is the pillar and ground of truth. And, and we have to look at the condition of the church, of course, first and foremost, and where they stand on on fundamentals. For example, here's one one uh, uh, census that was done, one poll, uh, is Jesus is a created being. And the percentage of evangelicals who agree that Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God, unbelievably, uh, 73% in 2022. That, that, that's, that's horrible. Uh, another one, God accepts faiths outside of Christianity. The percentage of U.S. evangelicals who agree that God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, is 56%. We're talking among supposed Christians who call themselves evangelicals. Here's another one. Jesus was just a teacher. The percentage of evangelicals who agree Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God, 43%. OK, we're losing our faith because because the word of God is not the supreme authority anymore in our life. And that's that's been pointed out in a in another uh, poll. It says the Bible's not literally true percentage who agree that the Bible, like all sacred writings, contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not really literally true. Wow. Twenty six percent of evangelicals now believe that as well as 53 percent of U.S. adults. Well, another and, poll, John, I've got is uh, youth pastors who hold a biblical worldview, only 12 percent. Yeah. 12 percent. And, and they're influencing the youth in the church. Yeah, there you go. 
So, so people, here's another one. People are good by nature. Uh, the percentage who agree that everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature, 57% of evangelicals. So they've departed from the, the fact of, of, of depravity, human depravity. So the, the first thing we have to do, Dr. Hansen, if we're going to have a great move of God, and if we're going to have transformation of our culture, which is what we all would love to see, we have to rebuild the church. I agree. <laughs> we have to rebuild the church back on, on basic Christian doctrine. Totally. And of course, in the, in, the, in, in the attractional church model, that's not the emphasis. So I remember God spoke to me. He said, coming out of COVID, the church is not going to be the same because God has done, in my view, what I understand from the Spirit of God is God's done with the attractional church model. That, that thing is, is over. The axe has been laid to the root. And that model is going to dry up where we are just trying to make church a comfortable place for the world and, and uh, attract the, the unsaved into the church and using all of our, you know, becoming like the world to attract the world. That, that's over. And church has got to be for the Christian again where we get equipped with the word of God and we learn God's word and we get filled with the Holy ghost and we get sent back out into the world to take the mountains of culture and transform our, our culture and bring it back to a biblical worldview. That's the only way we're going to, we're going to see uh, peace come to this world. So, Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening and watching the warning program today. Apostolic leader, uh, John Polis, Dr. John Polis is my guest today. And we're talking about, again, faith in the church, or as Jesus said, will I find faith? To paraphrase it, will I find faith in the church? In his final message, Paul's mind was not on church growth or pastors' personal struggles or believers' trials and temptations. No, Paul's deep heart cry was, you pastors, you shepherds, take heed, be on guard for yourselves and for your people. The Holy Ghost has made you overseers, as John said, to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. 2028, in other words, you overseers, you bishops, you leaders, Feed your flocks to prepare them. Fill them with God's pure word. Savage wolves and deceivers are coming and they're going to take aim at the weak sheep. Goes on, for I know this, that after my departure shall grievous wolves enter in among you, sparing not the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch. Um, Paul was deeply concerned. I know that uh, I was I was sad when David Wilkerson uh, went on to be with the Lord. I'm glad he's with the Lord, but his voice I, I so appreciated on earth. He was a friend of mine. He once invited me to New York City. He said, show me a preacher who never exposes sin, who doesn't show people the difference between the holy and the profane, who doesn't mention repentance or judgment, but instead says, God wants to make you rich and prosperous, and I'll call such a man what he is. He's a wolf he has substituted the cross for cash dr polis that's a powerful word substituting the the cross for cash uh that's amazing and i and i agree with you dave wilson was a great prophet evangelist and we need that kind of a voice to call us back 
to repentance again, to change our minds and get a biblical worldview. And most Christians don't, when they when they hear the word repent, they really don't understand. That means that they're going. They think that means they're going to cry over their sins and be sorrowful. And it really it doesn't mean that at all. Godly sorrow leads to repentance. Repentance is I change my mind. I get a different view of life. Begin to see the world from God's perspective, and that's that's where Christians uh, need to need to move to. And I've recently been reading a book that that pointed out something about pastors and how they've been silenced on issues like political and social issues. Uh, they're quiet about these things because uh, they're afraid of losing their 501c3 or losing members from the church uh, because of, we understand Lyndon Johnson's uh, plan to to silence people in business who had nonprofits who were who were resisting his his uh, uh, aspirations to to political leadership, uh, and so the unfortunately the church fell into that category, the five hundred one c three that that he was uh, using, and pastors then felt like they're not allowed to talk about political or social issues in the church either. And in the book, the gentleman said, "Silence in the pulpit is silence in the pew." Silence in the pulpit is silence in the pew. And if the pew is silent on, on political and social issues, then the electric the electorate is uneducated. And we get the kind of political leaders that we have today that call evil good and good evil and uh, legislate sin and immorality. So it's it's I've been working, Dr. Hansen, locally everywhere I can to try to get preachers to awaken to their responsibility in the pulpit to to speak about everything the Bible speaks about, regardless of the consequences. You know, for example, getting back to the idea that now we've come through pre-modern, modern, post-modern, where are we now? If we look at Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through through uh, 32, uh, Paul's talking about the, the, the devolving of, 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 of culture, the release of sin, in sinful man, you know, illustrating here or pointing out the the homosexual movement, the LGBTQ, which I recently heard wants to add P, which stands for pedophile in their alphabet. And, and he, he goes all the way down to where he says in verse 29 that, that they're filled with all unrighteousness sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife. And he goes on to to enumerate the characteristics of, of the culture as it was in Roman times. And and so where we've come to, Dr. Hanson, what I've been sharing is we're pre-Christian. We were pre-modern, modern, post-modern. Now where are we? We're becoming pre-Christian again. In other words, the church didn't exist here in in this roman culture uh, culture was there before the church existed it was pre-christian then the church was born in that pagan roman culture and the bible says that they turned that world upside down they actually attacked that culture with the word of god and the power of the holy spirit and transformed it so i've been preaching positively that hey yes we're becoming a pre-christian culture again and we are becoming like the roman pagan roman culture was we're not quite there yet but we're getting there we're getting there and i expect it will continue until we fully are find ourselves like the frog in the kettle we we find ourselves immersed in in the fullness of this pagan roman culture we read about 
But the, the good news is I still believe God has a final harvest and, and a great a great awakening and a great final harvest. He has to to keep his word. Uh, and so the, the fact is that we have the means, we have the capability, if the church will be awakened to it, uh, through the name of Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, and the kind of love that the New Testament church had, where they loved not their life unto the death, Revelation twelve eleven. They were willing to die for Christ, for, for their brothers and sisters, for the lost. And so the church gets back to preaching the Lordship of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit and, and, and the sacrificial love of God. We can turn the pagan culture on its ear again. Well, I that, believe that, so I'm very positive about it. Well, I believe that with all my heart. That's why uh, uh, you and I have done different programs together. I think we believe alike. You're concerned over the same concerns I with. I'm with, you know, the evolving church is what they call it, where now they accept uh, sins of abomination because we're evolving. They accept homosexuality because we're involving. Uh, again, mm-hmm. this is sheer heresy. Uh, church of Cowards, a wake-up call to complacent Christians by Matt Wash. He's written a good article. He says, a modern Christian believes that believing he is a Christian is enough to make him a Christian. This reduction in requirements has created a false identity, making Christians, but not according to biblical terms and definition. If you de-emphasize obedience, the three years of teaching of Jesus Christ, and just say all you have to do is have mental assent, that is not a Christian. That is heresy. Jesus came and taught for three years. What purpose if it wasn't to follow him, his lifestyle, his new morality, his teaching? Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I have Dr. John Polis, apostolic leader, with me today. We've talked about the church, the condition of the church today. We need another great awakening. I've started Eagle Saving Nations. I've written a book, The Science of Judgment. I want you to listen and watch The Science of Judgment And then also Eagle Saving Nations, uh, get the book, become a member of Eagle Saving Nations. We got to get into the stadiums. We got to bring reality back into the church. And it's got to be based again on the word of God and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, where you can go out without fear and intimidation and turn this world, turn America upside down again. Uh, Mm -hmm. Thank you, John, for being on the warning program. Appreciate it, Dr. Hanson. God bless you. I'll see you all tomorrow. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of The Science of Judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part 1, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy, 
God forgives when people repent. God holds nations responsible for what leaders do. Parental responsibility, the feasts of the Lord, Solomon's transgressions and their consequences, righteous kings versus evil kings, example of King Jehoshaphat, ungodly alliances, God is predictable, God holds people accountable, man can turn into an intelligent beast to do evil. Section 2, The Deception of the Theory of Evolution, has chapters titled as Problems with the Theory of Evolution, Evolution and Racism, Darwin's Hatred of Christianity and its Fruit. Section 3, Why Must There Be Judgment, has titles such as The Fall of America and Her Destruction, Cult Christianity, Radical Liberal Politics. Section 4, Kings, Dictators, and Presidents, with the following chapters listed as People Choose Their Nation's Leaders, Qualifications for Godly Leadership, Romans 13, Delegated Authority, Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus. If laws violate conscience, we must disobey. Finally, part five, so what must we do? These chapters are listed as, we are in a cultural war, our responsibility to a hostile government, the Christian's science of judgment. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations, as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read the science of judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, that is 360-629-5248, and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling. Thank you, and Shalom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.